Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Attack and Release Show. My name is Matt, and I am joined today and every day <laughs> by my good friend from Nashville, Samuel Moses. Yellow, yellow. Every, every day, day is a winding a road. road. Get a I little bit closer. closer. Is your name Samuel or just Sam? It's Samuel. It's Samuel. I have a friend whose name is Tom. And I said, Thomas, name he's like, that's Tom? not my name. <laughs> oh, and yeah. I was like, what do you mean it's not Thomas? He's like, no, my birth certificate just says Tom. I was like, but Tom <laughs> is short for Thomas. <laughs> and he's like, no, my name's Tom. I'm like, oh, all right then, Tom. <sighs> So uh, that's why I asked. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it's Samuel. Most he also people... doesn't have a middle name. Oh, he doesn't have a middle name. No, he's from Germany. Oh. I don't know if they don't do middle names there, but he does not have a middle name. At least his parents didn't give him a middle name. Yeah, I have a middle name. Is that the most hipster thing ever? When you just like don't have a middle name? Yeah, it feels very hipster. Yeah, um, I'm not going <laughs> to say my middle name. I don't want my full name out on this podcast. Even though I'm sure I've said it before, my middle name's in my other company, and it's my kid's name, and it was my grandfather's name, so it's out there enough. So it's out there. <laughs> um, yeah, full name Samuel. Um, you know, I like it. Not many people call me it, um, but maybe I'll start going by it. You know, season five, it's just going to be Matt and Samuel and Samuel. A lot Matthew of people and Samuel. Call me we'll Mo- like like Moses. classy fireside music. Yeah, we can do that. A phonograph in the background. Yeah, season um, five's gonna be off. Though. Season five is just gonna be a whole vibe. A vibe or a mess? A vibe and a mood. We are like episodes away. I think I I, I did the math last I think Thursday after we recorded the last episode. Yeah, and I think this. And two more episodes make up season four. That's crazy. And then we're done. So that is some bizarre. Well, this is episode twenty-four, so in like twenty-six weeks we do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're still listening, thank you to everyone out yeah, there. It's such a gift to make these episodes, and we still have things to talk about. Surprisingly, look at that. You remember the whole thing of I don't know if I can talk for an hour. Yeah, we've talked for four minutes. <laughs> We're not even past the intro. <laughs> yeah, let's get Addle here because we're once again starting not late, but an hour you, and fifteen minutes into this phone call. You and I just have our pre-episode before our episode. That's it. Like zero preparation for this podcast. We're like, oh yeah, you want a podcast today? Anywho, life is our people. preparation. Let's give <laughs> the people what they came here for, Sam. Housekeeping. <laughs> we didn't even say what the episode's about. <laughs> well, they read the what title. A shoveled episode. They read the clickbait title. They know what it is. It's the gear episode of 2021. All right, get into housekeeping. Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for uh, joining us again for another adventure into the Attack and Release show. 
And over the last few weeks and months, actually, y'all have been so generous in sharing our podcast with your friends. We have noticed a nice, steady growth, organic growth, which is what we love. Also, there's been probably every week, two to three of you that have been screenshotting the podcast and sharing it on Instagram, which is really our favorite thing. If you can share it on Instagram, screenshot the episode, or tag, uh, and when you do tag Matt and I, we will repost it. Uh, you then get reposted to our thousands of followers. So it's always a good look to cross market. We've talked about marketing before. Um, but yeah, it helps our show uh, go out further and further, building community, wow. which we enjoy. Um, and if you have um, time, go to Apple and star the episode and leave a comment. That also helps us exist in the podcast universe over there, which is quite important, I've learned. Wow. So I think that's it. I feel good about that. Let's wrap that. All that in a poodle. All that in a poodle. <laughs> Moving on. All right. 2021 gear episode. Gear. Disheveled as anything. Season four. This is the fourth gear episode we've done. We should have like preambled this with like going back and listening to the, the first <laughs> gear episode. You know, that would have been pretty short. The funny thing about gear episodes is they're all the same, but people still like listening to them. <laughs> It's the most listened to episode every single year. Yep. It's like the Chris it's like the Christmas of podcast episodes. It is. It really is. Should I have Christmas music for this one? Uh no, nah, this one will come out I think around the end of November. Mm. I don't know. We're pretty far ahead. It's uh-huh. true. This will come out. I think this will come out on my birthday. Holy crap, I'm looking back. Oh. If we have two more to go. The last one will be the 29th, and then the 15th, and then this one, in theory, if, if, if my math is right, it'll come out on the 1st of December. Gotcha. I don't know if that's right. Okay. Uh, we'll save the Christmas music for another episode. Maybe the next one. <laughs> Very good. I'll have to go forward and look. Well, so anyway, here, Matt. Let's start... Where no one wants to start <laughs> and talk about plugins. Excellent. What? Well, and and two questions. Yes. <clears throat> Let me write them down. Are you doing anything different this year than you have been in the past? Doing anything different? Are you fate? Or I guess there's like several questions. Are you phasing anything out? Phasing anything out. What have out? you seen that's kind of piquing your interest? And what do you absolutely just don't care for? That you like? Is there anything that's overhyped? Oh, these are great questions, Matt. You're are you writing them so down? Good. Yeah, that's me typing as always. Always typing, noting. Um, okay, let's let's start. Let's start with just plugins in general. Let me give you my hot take here. Do you want to try and monologue or do you want a dialogue? I mean, do you want to try and dialogue? I always want a dialogue. <laughs> All right, let's 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 just go back and forth on these questions. How about that? That's cool. I didn't really write anything down. So you, uh, well, I'm going <laughs> to read you back on the episode. I'll probably read you back your own questions. All right. They're great questions. Literally, like I read, I just wrote all four of these. I'm like, dang, that's an episode. Um, thank you. Okay. Plugins, friends. Sam, third person talking, which is quite bizarre. 
has really uh, felt like plugins are getting better. Yes, I said it. Um, over the last year, there has been a number of companies that I really feel like have stepped up their game. And I feel like we are getting closer and closer to plugins really emulating analog gear well, which to be honest is exciting. Um, Matt and I talk so much about out of the box. Well, not so much, but if you've listened to the show, you know both of us are heavy analog workers. And we still are, even with me saying plugins have gotten better. But to be honest, if at some point someone makes all my gear into plugins and they sound fantastic and the same in theory, which I know they won't ever sound the same, but as quality and able to emulate all the beautiful imperfections and crosstalk of uh, plugins and whatnot correctly, um, I would maybe debate selling my gear and getting uh, a controller so I could still touch things because I like touching things. Um, I think that's a bit far off uh, from like, I'm not going to sell my gear anytime soon, that's for sure. Just want to put that out there. But I feel like plugins have gotten better. So are you doing anything different? Um, yes. So I really have fallen in love with the Saturn 2 plugin. Um, my friend Matt Huber, who is a mixer I master for, actually uh, said, Hey, Sam. I know you love color and saturation, and you need to check out Saturn 2. So I had, and or I did, and I actually fell in love with it. And it is a terrific multi-band uh, color box, compression box, I believe is what it is. And that is something I have started using for uh, sub. I find, <laughs> I find that... Um, it is able to create harmonics off the sub extremely well to bring tangibility. Um, it kind of does what an R bass does in waves, but it's way more uh, customizable. And I find I don't have this type of option out of the box, if I'm being honest. I have the Better Maker Mastering Limiter, which has a color section that does allow me to literally pick the frequency and gain that I want to do of it. But it's more, uh, gets crunchier quicker than um, the Saturn does. And the Saturn just has some more options. So something I'm doing different over this last year is I've been using that plugin on and off with my uh, chain to introduce some more tangible low end to, uh, I'll say, smaller speakers because people continually are kind of moving to, to smaller speakers, but also there's kind of this shift still into heavy earbuds, uh, Air, AirPod Pros, whatever. And so smaller speakers are being used more often. And a lot of, I feel like, popular music has a lot of bass tangibility in it, um, as well as sub. So that's something I'm doing different with plugins. I'm loving plugins that are introducing oversampling. I truly think it makes a big mm -hmm. difference. Uh, I would say that's a newer thing the last few years, and it's getting more and more common on plugins I have seen. Uh, oversampling helps reduce uh, 
weird artifact distortion, basically, um, that can happen. And so that makes me happy. So plugins are getting better. And so because of that, I'm starting to use a few more. So that's a bit different. Um, so yeah, that's question one answered. Matt, what mm-hmm. do you think about plugins? Are you doing anything different in general? And you can talk about hardware too, obviously, it's different. Um, in what a great question. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, in general, I would say that I also think that they are getting better. I mean, you and I were chatting about this beforehand, and it's kind of scary how close some stuff is getting. But like kind of the funny thing is that like the stuff that's like getting close to analog is not the stuff that's emulating analog. Right. <laughs> is that is that weird? No, like, that's only actually one well said, actually. There's only one emulation out there that I think is close. And but it's like I like every other emulation is just kind of like eh. like like massive passive, very mu. Like it's like I'll have like my very mu like do some like weird stuff every now and then to where it's like ah, I probably shouldn't use this on it. I gotta pull it out and I need to send it in. Yeah, and it's like to the point to where it needs to go in. But like if it does something kind of weird, I'm like, can I like make this up in the box? And I have the very mu plugin because I was like, well, this could be a good. I have a few very mu plugins that model that very mu by Manly, and none of them really get that close. Right. So, but it's funny because if I need that vibe, there's other plugins that I can go to um, that do that. What am I doing different this year? I mean, I've definitely said that the, what was it called? That Master Rebalance by Isotope. I really like that. Yo, y'all want to hear a secret (laughs) because I'm going to let y'all in on a secret. So beginning of, like, I don't know, whenever they release that Master Rebalance, Whenever you use it, yeah, it pulls the part out of the mix, and that's great, and it pulls it forward. But it also doesn't do it supernaturally. That sounds really kind of weird, like, I don't know, spiritual. (laughs) But it doesn't do it in an incredibly natural way. And But you know what? It gets your result there quicker because you now have your vocal louder or your bass louder or your drums louder or quiet or whatever you want. But you don't always want that because you want it to sound like it was always organically that way and there was always this weird separation that it has, but as it should because it's making it louder. What I've found out, because I'll always use like that, like that Oxford inflator and I'll normally use it kind of like, okay, on the print track, I'll use it and we'll just kind of like audition it, kind of see if this will be able to like sweeten up some stuff a little bit. And it does. And uh, it's pretty hard to find a master of mine that the Oxford inflator is not present and accounted for on. However, if you put the master or if you put the inflator after um, rebalance, something interesting kind of happens. Mm. So, and if you think about what's actually happening with the inflator, you have you have so so you have your 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 master rebalance. Okay, let's bump the vocal up, and let's just say it's by like point two or point five. It's never a lot. You can also go to like I think the thousandth of a D, of a dB with that thing, maybe the hundredth, but I mean that's still like super fine, and it's like super fine. <laughs> 
And so, okay, now it's forward, but it's not like organically feeling like it was intended to be there. Like it's forward, but it's not like glued in. Well, that inflator comes in and you choose your curve range on the, I think on the far right side, this is without me looking at it. And then you do the little enhanced thing. And if you kind of think about it, so like, Sam, you do this while I'm talking, while I'm talking about it. <laughs> Hold your two hands so your palms are facing you. Yes. And put one set of fingers at where, like, like your fingertips at like the, the little joints where like your like finger, like where your two fingers kind of like meet. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's kind of how your hands should line up. Yeah. So I kind of feel like this, like the fingers that are up right now, that's like the original signal. You choose your curve, and then you push enhance, mm-hmm. and then you move your fingers up. And so it's like kind of bringing in, say, like that harmonic material to blend it in. Yes. And so like, that's all I've always like visually described the inflator. <laughs> and it just like adds this like harmonic like like loveliness to things. And so like it just gives this hug to whatever master rebalance is naturally trying to get forward or whatnot, and it just glues it together really well. You can put your hands out if they're still up. <laughs> Don't put them down. <laughs> so that's like a thing that I've really like leaned heavily into. Um, I don't use exciters a lot, but like if I have something that just smashed to absolute crap, not crap, um, it just like like it just like to oblivion, and it's not a situation where you're going to get say like a limiter removed or whatnot. It's smashed to crap, and. It's like you need like a chorus to pop ahead or you just need something to happen. Um, just automating an exciter is super nice. I like that a lot. I have played at the Saturn, but mainly I like the uh, the exciter in, uh, uh, what is it, Isotope. Yeah. So, anywho, uh, I've liked a lot that, and I've, I really don't ever use this, um, that FabFilter Pro C, I think it's the Pro C2, the mm-hmm. compressor. Mm-hmm. I don't compress a lot, but you can get like super surgical with that. I'm saying super a lot in this episode because it's the super gear episode. <laughs> um, and like you can just dial in that range to just, I don't want you to do anything more than like 0.6 dB worth of compression in this range I'm telling you to deal with. And I mean, it's perfect every time. It's like if you just need something, just pull down a, a, a touch you just have like a super low ratio and you just kind of like, I don't know, you just let that threshold just kind of ride and you just tell the range, yep, this is as far as I want you to put it down. I mean, auto gain on it for me is fine and then you're just dialing your attack and release. Um, That's great. And so, let's see. The other one, like the 2254, I think that's it, 2254, 2256, whatever the Neve one is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, The little square box, the it was like the bridge diode compressor, the diode bridge compressor, one of the two. Um, that is absolutely fantastic. If you need just like a lot of glue and a lot of vibe, that thing is fantastic. So those are really what I'm doing differently than last year. But Love like, it. I also like that's if I use plugins and I don't do it too too much. But if I do need to reach for something, um, those guys are always kind of like on the short list. So. Um, did I ask you any more questions that we want to talk about? Yeah. Next question right. was, are you phasing anything out? That was question. You go first. 
Great. Or I can go first. No, I have an answer. Take turns. Um, things I'm phasing out. I have stopped pretty much any sort of uh, DSing or high frequency limiting or anything with the name Soothe. Um, <laughs> I stopped. That is my answer. <laughs> is it really? That's my answer. Wow. So let's just I chat here. Yeah. I dialogue. Yeah, got we can do that. Soothe. Uh, and we got I got Spiff, um, which Spiff is a transient designer, which is actually pretty pretty sweet. I've Spiffy. never used it on mastering. Um, but Soothe to me, um, I just I was kind of skeptical to begin with, and I used it on and off here and there to soothe things, supposedly. And I just kept A being, I would blind master something with it and without it. And sometimes I, well, I do this actually still quite often where I will master something with a certain chain and then master something with a different chain and master it with a different chain just to see what what does this button do? What happens in this order? What happens with this? What happens if I take that out? And I kept feeling like Soothe was actually removing, which it is removing on some level, I think, um, just like all the excitement from a track. Um, and I couldn't, I just felt like it was, was it reducing <clears throat> harshness? Yes, but sometimes the harshness is actually the good stuff that makes mm-hmm. a song feel good. It's kind of like if you DS a vocal too much, you can lose kind of the pocket or the tangibility or even the cadence and the rhythm of the song because the S's are constantly sure. kind of, especially in rap music, if there is too much DSing, um, the vocal is so percussive in rap and rhythmic that the song can lose its whole vibe. Um, and so I stopped using Soothe pretty much all this year. I stopped using any sort of, sometimes I used to do like, a full mixed DSer or high frequency limiter. Um, and I stopped doing that. Um, and I started letting more of the top end and stuff just kind of live. And a part of me did that because I felt like a lot of what I was hearing um, commercially and given to me actually was quite like spitty on the top end. And sibilance has become kind of more acceptable, I think, overall. Mm-hmm. Um, and stuff has, in my opinion, overall gotten brighter still um, in top 40 type stuff. So that's something I would say I've phased fully out. Whether or not it's a stylistic choice, you know, if, if the music's shifting to be more brighter and a bit more sibilant and spitty, because that kind of helps with perceived loudness being more louder and tangible. Um, even if that wasn't a thing, I don't think I will keep using Soothe. Now, if you use Soothe and you love it, of course, great, great. Maybe you use it at a certain part of your chain that you like that I'm doing differently, or maybe you just like the way it, it sounds. That's great. If you like it, your clients like it, that's awesome. But that is something I have phased like 100% out, um, I'll say at this stage. Um, so that's something I phased out. Um, what else did I phase out? I honestly, I'm using, uh, the Oxford limiter inflator, uh, less and less. I still think they're incredible, but I just, I'm using, I'm using less overall, um, which 
is not an uncommon story of people who do audio work a lot or, or, you know, longer and longer, use less and less. But I'm finding myself really just landing on limiter EQ, limiter EQ, and then fab filter in the box just as the final digital thing. Mm. Um, I'm finding between those that chain that it is really working well with the material I keep getting sent to me. So I've probably phased out a lot of variety um, because I think it's part of where I am in my career that like my clients, I'm getting such consistent work now from the same mixers and the same people that I really kind of know what I'm getting. So I've kind of created signal chains for each client in my head or it's it's written down in their template kind of. I don't have a template for each t- client, but I have notes, obviously, um, to what kind of their, their mixes lend themselves to. Um, so yeah. So really though, the major thing is phasing out um, kind of any kind of top end, smoother, soother, uh, make it pretty feeling. So Matt, I know you obviously you said your, I think, phasing soothe out a little bit <coughs> as well. But what are your thoughts on it? Why are you doing it? Um, I mean, you just go through phases and like like as far as like phasing it out. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm phasing it out because it, it's like if I need it, I need it. Um I wouldn't say, like you and I work on completely different genres right. too. So it's like the stuff that you're working on, it's like, yeah, you might be losing a little bit of that energy. Um, and I have very specific rules that I mentally put around certain plugins. And so it's like with Soothe for me, it's between 400 and it's between 6K. Anything outside of those ranges, and I try to grab something else. Don't get me wrong, I'll try Soothe, but I really haven't found, like, I don't know. I just I just don't think it works super well outside of those ranges. Um, above 6K, I normally grab the Weiss DSer. But, I mean, even under 6K, it goes down to 2K. It works fantastic for, like, vocals and stuff like that, but sometimes it can also be too grabby. I mean, I also have outboard uh, DSers. Um, I The one DSer I actually don't care for is the... Uh, I know a lot, a lot of people really like it, is the... Uh, it's the FabFilter DSer. I've just... I've never been able to get it to dial in well, and I've always just... I don't know. I've just never really been that big of a fan of it. Um, and I'll always try it. I'm just like, man, I can't really get this thing to work. As far as Soothe goes, though, um, I don't know, just whether or not you think it's going to work. What I really like about it is I think that out of a lot of companies, they do their oversampling the best. And so this is on Soothe 2. It's the, uh, you have like the resolution and then there's the oversamples. And I really think that, like, if you need to, like, bring some definition back to something, you can really just, like, dial those two in and you can have some, like, like some, it's kind of like a little hi-fi thing going on. So I'm not phasing it out 100%, but I have noticed that I've been backing off on it quite a bit. And just, I just have other options and I think it's just a phasing. Like, there was a time when I was like, maybe I'll sell the Neve. And then, like, a month went by and be like, oh, man, we were an idiot back then. Um but there's just like a time when you don't use it a lot. Um, 
And I, I don't even know why this next one's on the list is uh, I don't really use it. And that's, I guess that's why it's on the list. And I was just kind of looking through my plugins that like golf Foss EQ. Did you ever hear this thing? I've heard of it and I've never used it. <clears throat> it is a CPU hog. <laughs> uh, it just like eats up like everything that's there. I don't really think like like if you have if you have really really challenging material, it may bring it in. It may bring that material into a point to where it's like okay yeah I can do something with this. But I don't know. They also had an update to where they now have like a live version, a mixed version, and a mastering version. So I'm kind of playing a little bit, but I it's like I can't I I just can't make it work, and it just. Not really for me, but Soothe was kind of the big one. It was, it was the first one I wrote down. We were talking about phasing out, and I was like, "Oh, that's kind of weird to hear you say that too." Yeah, I can't so, believe we had the same one. Yeah. So, <clears throat> did I have any more questions? We got to get onto hardware here. People are getting antsy. Yeah, you said you had the question of what have you seen that's piqued your interests, and I'll answer that first. Since we're let's also uh, tag this one with over what's overhyped. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so what's piqued my interest? Uh, I'm really into anything saturation, which is also probably overhyped. <laughs> mm-hmm. So those can go hand in hand, definitely. Uh, things that pique my interest, uh, Saturn for sure uh, has piqued my interest, which I talked about. Um, there's definitely more and more uh, saturation and color type plugins boxes coming out. I think people think that means it's analog um, or sounds more fat or thick or loudness is co- created by saturation, which isn't necessarily not true. Um, but you can still make really awful sounding records or what I've noticed is people are making more crunchy records Um is what's coming my way more often now. Not necessarily mm-hmm. clipped, but they're, I can hear kind of some crunch saturation and usually they've got something on their mix bus or whatever that's causing it. Um, and once again, that doesn't mean it's good or bad. So things that pique my interest are that, the continual um, people seem to still really be in a heavy pursuit for loudness. Um, I don't see the loudness wards dying still this year, which is a different conversation, but that will influence gear and whatever. And I think we're in, we're getting to a place where we really are. And I think we may have said it last year, maybe the year before, but I really feel like we're running into the, to, to zero, zero. Like it's, we're almost to that stage where everything is the most loud it can be all the time. Um, so it'll be interesting if we do actually kind of get there maybe next year because mixes I get are hotter and hotter still this year. I've screenshotted stuff to Matt and I'm like, this is just amazing <laughs> where we're at already. Um, so I think there's, you know, I think there's people who are really trying to capitalize on loudness. So that kind of piques my interest of why more so than what am I using? Um, for plugins, I am interested in companies that are making plugins that are not emulating old gear. Um, yes, please. I think there are newer companies that are starting to do that. I think we might be at a stage. Uh, my observation is that you have younger generations who are growing up 
on basically in the box and they're not really getting the traditional I'm an intern runner. They're getting the experience of I have a MacBook or PC and I have a DAW and a microphone and all these plugins. And so you have people um, not really concerned about analog emulation as much anymore and you have more uh, younger people that are from the school of thought of like technology creation and basically being like what what could we do? Like infinite, infinite um, potential. So there's companies making new plugins that have nothing to do with old plugins, I think, to lead us into the new frontier of audio, whatever that may be. I don't know what that is. But sonically, there are plugins coming out. And also um, there's newer hardware companies that are starting to make uh, gear that's not a complete emulation of something else. Um, I love that API has made tube stuff now. They just put out their tube line, mm -hmm. which I'm definitely going to be trying all of that out probably over the next year. Um, I don't need my room to be any hotter. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I love API. I have uh, some really old 70s API uh, op amps that are racked up for basically color from the Mastering Lab Sax Brothers, and um, they sound really, really cool, really edgy, really punchy, kind of like uh, API stuff does, but I'm curious about API's take on Tube. I think that's a huge, bold move, and <coughs> I guess we could call it a risk in theory, but they're known so much for their solid-state stuff, and so for them to do something in Tube, I think really piques my interest, so I'll be checking that hardware out this year. That's really the first thing in a long time that I've thought, okay, maybe I'll buy some new hardware. Um, so those are kind of the main things that piqued my interest. Um, what I don't care for as much anymore, um, I, I mean, it goes hand in hand. I don't care so much about emulations anymore. Um, mm. I, I view even my plug-in emulations as so far off from the real thing that they're just different tools. Um, yep. At this stage, my 1176s out of the box don't sound like the 1176 plugin for sure. My Pultex out of the box don't sound like the Pultex in the box. Continuation, keep going. Whatever piece of gear I have that I have an emulation of, they sound totally different. Um, it's not the same, but they're both useful. So I'm tired of, uh, of thinking that I'm buying an emulation. I'm tired of companies advertising an emulation. Um, I think they do it to gain, obviously, credibility or it's a land grab or a trust thing or to give you a good idea of what it is. But I really don't care about emulations anymore. Um, and I think people are kind of shifting that way once again. I really do. I, my observation is I'm getting old, really, is kind of what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm 33, which is not old, but it's old in the cool kid audio world. And I'm watching these 21-year-olds in town or kids coming out of Belmont that I'm starting to work with, artists, creators, producers. And they just, they just don't care about the things we care about. Like, I feel like my age group used to like, we would debate so much about, does the emulation sound like the hardware? Like, that's super important. Mm -hmm. Or things of that nature. And this generation, or that younger, 10-year younger generation is like, 
I don't care about any of that. Literally not a thought for them. They just use plugins, whatever. They don't even know it's simulating anything, like, or whatever. So anyway, um, so that's kind of my, what piques my interest and what don't I really care for as much anymore. Um, yeah, hand off to you. What is piquing your interest? What don't you care for as much anymore? I think this one's kind of weird, yeah. and I think I, I think I just like really like the GUI. Like I'm, I haven't done anything with it yet, but I'm always like looking for like things that do things with tape. I, I don't know why I like it so much, but um, I like I just like have like a collection of just like tape machine plugins. Yeah, and I, I don't know why I, I have no reason to do this. Um, I really, for some reason, want to look at that. You seen that plugin called Sketch Cassette? Yes, I have it. Is it cool? It is cool, yeah. You ever used it on mastering at all or not really? No. Or is it just like a lo-fi thing? It's very lo-fi and noisy. Oh, okay. It's great. I, don't know. I use it on mixing like groups sometimes or individual things. It does have a like a blend knob so you could dial something in. It's very cassette tapey, <laughs> lo-fi. Yeah. Like So that's kind of what I don't know. That that was kind of peaking my interest recently. Um, another one was that you turned me on to it, that uh, Tokyo Don Limiter, the yes. six, the Gentleman's Edition. Was yes. that what it was called? Gentleman's Edition, yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've been playing with that. I haven't really found a place where I'm like, I want this. Like, it's got to be something that like I'm staying in the box, I think, Yeah. that I'm going to be using it for. Um and then for the sake of time, other thing that's piquing my interest, it'll probably be out by the time this airs. I'm really excited for the newer version of RX that's about to come out. Mm. So I see that they're promoing it. I'm a really, really, really big RX fan. I'm in it almost every day. And I have seven. I think they're going to come out with nine. And I didn't really feel the need to go to eight. So I'm going to be really looking forward to RX9. Yeah. And I don't know, I just think like like that company's like literally on like the edge of like everything that's like new and upcoming. So I, I, I was like following along with them. Um all right, what was the next question? Uh what don't you care for, I think, anymore? Or what's overhyped? <laughs> that's what it was. What's overhyped? What's overhyped? I don't know. I feel like I should have a good answer for this. I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> did you what, what did you think was overhyped? Overhyped, um, I think... Keep it short, because we still got to do hardware. <laughs> right. What is overhyped? <clears throat> I think overhyped is like uh, just the amount of consumption that's going on. There's new... Pl- I mean, goes hand it. Like, there's new plugins every day that come out, and people send me new plugins. Like, you got to try this, got to try this, got to try this. And they're probably right. I should try it. But I have such a um, hard time. Just where does it end? <laughs> like, um, yeah. So overhyped is like there's a new thing to buy, and subscription-based plugin companies are constantly like, please, of course, something that's overhyped to me, and they're always plugging a new plug-in coming out, mm-hmm. which makes you feel like you have to use it. Um. So I get that whole marketing scheme. So yeah, that's what I think is overhyped. I think plugins that are trying to be like the all-in-one. Yeah. 
that to me is kind of like this is the one stop shop, and it like kind of comes back to like, oh well, you like uh, you like ozone. I do like ozone. I don't like everything in ozone, um, but it's like I feel like it kind of gets into the whole soothe thing, and it's like we're gonna solve every DSing issue you have, and it's like, well, you're not capable of doing that. Right. For some things you are, but it's like that's kind of why. And with me, like I'm kind of phasing it out. Um, so. The Tokyo Dawn Limiter, it kind of tries to do a lot of stuff, but I don't think it's overhyped. I, I actually don't. I think it's underhyped for what it's capable of doing. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. That's like, I, I just kind of like messing with it. I'm like, man, why don't I see more people playing with this thing? So, underhyped. Underhyped. Let's do the same questions for hardware. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, um. <laughs> like group them together so right. we, can, we can make sure we're on time. Okay, are you? I so can go like quicker here minutes. too. Are you doing anything different hardware? Um, the answer for me is no. <laughs> I haven't bought. I don't think I bought any gear in twenty twenty one. Outside of I did buy you know a new pair of headphones and my travel DAC, which we talked about in the converter episode. So those were two new gear purchases for kind of my own enjoyment of listening to music um, and having a little mobile thing. So that's that. Outside of that, I didn't buy any new gear this year for my signal chain. Um, so what I'm doing different, kind of what I shared before, honestly, is kind of have like a, a stacking chain that I like, and then I can alternate in and out the type of EQs or compression limiters. Um but I'm still in love with pretty much everything I have. Um, mm -hmm. Can't say enough good things about Better Maker Master Limiter, uh, Mass Passive, Overstay MAS, uh, the Tube Tax, uh, Pull Tax, whatever. It's we've done that before. Um, so that you know, am I doing anything different? Not really. Haven't changed the way I'm hitting the gear. Ins and outs are the same. I'm not clipping differently or clipping more or less. Actually, don't even clip a ton. I think people think I clip a lot, but I don't. Um, so that's uh, yeah. So that's that. Am I phasing anything out? I'm just gonna lump those two together. Um. I'm not phasing anything out at this time. I do think at some point I could sell some pieces of gear that I'm not using as much. I'm not mm -hmm. ready to phase anything out, though. Still love everything. Um, that might become a crossover over the next, I don't know, years of if plugins keep getting better. Or if even, I've thought about this, is if hardware companies really start to embrace the digital side and start hybriding their stuff like Better Maker does with mm -hmm. digital analog combo. Um, I think there's a huge market for hardware companies to really get into digital combinations. If you're a hardware company out there, you need to get on it. Like, <laughs> Otherwise, you will become obsolete and plugins will take over. Um, but I think hardware could do more cool stuff with incorporating digital things within to the, how the hardware reacts. That's a whole other question hmm. and thought. Side, Just a side note. So that's kind of my first two thoughts. Matt, is there anything you're doing different and or phasing out with your hardware gear? So just anything new? Anything new. Um... 
kind of looking at things. I was actually going back through like on Reverb and eBay, <laughs> seeing if I'd purchased anything. I bought a Marantz turntable in January. That's not anything to do with this studio. But the 6300, holy crap, y'all. That is an <laughs> incredible turntable. I'm a sucker for some vinyl, and that thing is lovely. Um, uh, bah, 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 bah. I'm not using the... Um, and this isn't like anything against it. It's just me kind of... I haven't had time yet. Um, I haven't used the backs in a really long time. I've talked about that in past episodes. Just some channel stuff is kind of weird with it, and I need to send it in. Um, I bought a new amp for my speakers. I like it a lot. I have a lot more headroom. I have literally, I think, like twice as much power. Who doesn't like more power? <laughs> Unless like you have your volume turned all the way when you push play. That ain't good. Um, I got a uh, Masalik MLA-2, that uh, dual mono compressor that they have. I think it's an optical compressor. Um, I ended up selling that pretty quick after I plugged it in. Not that it didn't sound lovely. I just think that they kind of missed the boat not putting a, um, a side chain on the detector circuit. That's just me. Um, I think that all compressors for mastering should have some type of a uh, insertable side chain filter. So, just because like you just have like the low end just like swanging everything. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, okay. Well, enough of that. So it's it's just one of those things. Like you, you either like it or you don't, and um, that's how that worked. Let's see. I got on the for episode 100. It wasn't for episode 100, but it ended up being episode 100 that I used it on. Uh, I used to record this podcast, one of those like Focusrite ISA ones, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I got so pissed off at like hooking it up and doing all that stuff. Then whenever we, whenever we do something, like we interview somebody, it would always like have these like weird sampling errors. Um, when you use Squadcast, and I was like, man, I'm so tired of like dialing all this in and screwing with it. And then, like, yeah, I was just, I'm, I was over it. And so it's not that it's not good. I loved it a lot. And I ended up, I found a uh, GML, like, 2 pre 1U thing that I can literally just, like, stick in my rack, push input 3 on the backbone, and be like, okay, we're ready to go. And I have, like, a microphone just, like, sitting by the side of my desk. It's, like, I don't, I don't really use that Neumann anymore. Mm -hmm. um, it probably sounds a lot better than what I'm using now. It's, I'm just using the RE20 by Electrovoice. It's just, I can just have this thing all racked up. It can get dusty sitting there. I can accidentally kick it. Nothing's going to happen to it. <laughs> it's just going to be a freaking tank. And I sound like I'm on the radio. So if Sam takes the uh, high pass off my voice, you'll hear the sultry low end of my voice. So I can also, I guess, like I can also like patch some gear into my voice, which would be kind of funny. Um, but I like that. It's super clean and nice, and that's it. Um, most recently, I bought a pair of PMC MB2s that I have to figure out a few more things and how to power them, and um, I have a crossover thing I need to figure out, but those might be shown in the future. If not, then I'll sell them, uh, and that's how that works. But that'll probably be a project into next year, um, but they are massive. They're freaking heavy. I, think I found them in Miami, and my buddy Angel and I, we drove down overnight. It was like nine and a half hours down, nine and a half hours back. It was eight and a half hours. Either way, it was like really, it was like 17 hours of driving in a really short period of time. And if I was able to get down there quicker, I really wanted a Cuban. I've never had a Cuban in Miami, but it's like, I got to try that. So it's like, well, we go to Miami and I get a Cuban sandwich. Um, 
So yeah, it's like there's a little bit new. As far as the rack goes, I don't think you'd see much new besides the backs isn't in here. I'm trying to figure out a way to mount uh so like like I'd like to do the backs and then if I had like one other one U thing that I kind of mount to the top of the Sterling desk. Mm-hmm. Um I'd kind of like to figure that out, but besides that, nothing really. What's the next one? Uh, we got what, 13 minutes. What have you seen that piques your interest and what's what's overhyped? What don't you care about? Um, piques my interest. The API stuff, like I talked about, tube, tube API sounds really interesting. Um, what else has piqued my interest? I would say... Um, I mean, I feel like I'm still interested in a fair child. Um, mm-hmm. Like a, either a really, I mean, whatever a real one means anymore. Um, still interested in that, still has my interest, just not ready to take the plunge into that uh, investment wise, I don't think. Um, let's see, what else speaking my interests? Trying to think what I have seen lately that um, that has that has my interest. I don't know. I'm gonna pass on that. Things that I think are overhyped. Um, things. Does the mastering community really overhype things that much? Not really. Like I don't think so. I mean, the only thing that gets like. I don't know. Gets overhyped is maybe 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 plugins, maybe plugins, um, <clears throat> or like I mean, to me, like room tuning software gets overly hyped. People saying that solves the problem of their rooms. Um, I find that when people are in great rooms, they realize the software is not doing much compared to their quote unquote flat room with software. Um, but we've talked about that. I don't know. There's not, I mean, really the thing I'm most curious about is what is a company like API who makes basically only solid state stuff? What does it sound like for them to do tubes? That's such a drastic approach and change to me. So that's really, uh, got my interest. I do actually, I mean, I love SSL and they came out with their ultraviolet fusion 500 series stereo equalizer. I'm a sucker for uh, EQs. So that's something I'm semi-curious about. Um, and I might try that out this next year. Um, yeah, and then things that are overhyped. Uh, not not much, you know. Loudness. <laughs> I don't know, the pursuit of loudness. I don't care about making loud records. I do. I just think people are obsessed with loudness. And because they are, they don't they miss out how to actually make things loud. Um, You get to loudness by uh, passively, by accident, not accidentally. What am I trying to say? If all you're focused on is like limiters and making things more loud more often, you've got to, you get to loudness by like baking a cake. There's steps to it. So the obsession with trying to find like the silver bullet loudness thing drives me bonkers. That's overhyped. Mm. Okay, that's all I have for that. Matt, um, what's uh, got your interest? Okay, 
it's a lot of old gear. Mm. It's kind of piqued my interest. Um, nothing like new and current. Um, I really like, you, do you remember the company? I don't think they're around anymore. They might, no, I think they're making hi-fi stuff. It's called like Esoteric Audio. Uh-huh, I do. So like, or Ear. Yep. They have like a really old 2BQ mm-hmm. that I've been kind of looking at and I was like pulling up old schematics and stuff like that of and... I don't know. It's like I'm always trying to like replace something with another thing. I was like, I wonder if I can replace my massive passive with this. Yeah. So they're about seven grand. So that might happen, might not happen. I think <laughs> and, those then when are, they, and then when they come up, they're like gone. Aren't they basically it's like, like, the, like pull tech emulations? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I used them for a bit at uh when I was over at Independent Mastery and when I first moved to town. Eric has a pair of those. And, no, uh, not like a, not like like they literally are like there's the there's the two U one, and then there's the three U one. Yeah, like the that's like the same like size as the massive passive. Yeah, I need to look it up. What, what like the actual number is? Um, so it is the eight twenty five. Eight twenty five. Yeah, Vintage King. I guess had one at one point for twelve thousand five hundred dollars. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that is the one with the colors. Yeah. Yeah. Was it any cool? Yeah, it was awesome. Do they have this right now? What? I see no one. No way. For, this must be like an old like take like page that's gone by now. I see one for twelve thousand five hundred. Yeah, I do too. But I don't know. I have to ask Josh if this thing is still around. That would be uh, dope. Yeah, but they're selling new for seven grand. So I'm like, I'm not going to pay that. I didn't even know these things are still around. Apparently they are. It looks well, like you, look at me learning. It looks like you have to order it from EAR. Yeah. I bet they're made to order. Anyway, I was looking at that. Well, did you like that when you worked on it? Yeah, but I also probably didn't know much back then. <laughs> oh, okay. I remember um, it made everything sound better, in my opinion. <laughs> well, that's the point. So, you know. So, because I'd also been looking at like, oh, I wonder what a pair of Poltex would sound like. Amazing. And it's like, I'm probably not going to get a pair of Poltex, but I'm kind of like, oh, well, it's like, what if you kind of do something that like was like a vibe off of it? I don't want like a clone or anything. Just, I don't know, just something kind of cool. Not something not everyone has. Um, I think it'd be cool to have a Sontech. Mm-hmm. But like, I also don't think I want the maintenance that's involved in right. a Sontech. So... But I like I like foresee it. It's like in in the future it may happen. I don't know. But I think it's also one of those things that like you like you kind of build it up in your head about what it sounds like. Yeah. And it's like am I like you can order it new, and it's going to take forever, and you're going to have to like call the number, like a million times in order for you to get through to Burgess's wife, and leave however many answers. And everything that she puts on the Sontech pages, she is the sweetest woman. <laughs> um. But I hear that sometimes they will ship and they'll they won't ship well and they'll arrive kind of broken and so you spent eleven thousand five hundred dollars twelve thousand dollars for an EQ that you just arrived like like DOA like dead on arrival mm-hmm. so um, but the thing is is that they hold like you'll never lose your cash on a Sontech either so um, the uh, another thing I was kind of looking at and I. 
I don't know. It's like I I might do it. I might not do it. I have a quote in with Vintage King about I might do it. Um, I don't like room correction software, but I have kind of looked at that trend off. Oh yeah, I think it's like the ST two, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's more for like like adjusting phase in the room and adjusting room delay. And it does all of that. And that really piques my interest. And then you can go through and you can dial in and out if like, no, this I don't think is really how I want to live. So you can like customize like that curve and everything too. Yeah. So I don't know. We did the whole Sonarworks thing, episode 29, I think it was. And uh, it's kind of taken me a while. Obviously, it's taken me like 70 episodes to get to this point. <laughs> but I might, uh, I've had I've had a handful of people chat with me about it. And um, I don't know, I, I might do it, but it's, it's, uh, it's also a chunk. Um, overhyped, and it's not a new piece of gear. And I don't know, I just, some people love it. I just, I see it as like a really kind of cheap way to try to cut in at the, uh, that Neve's MVP mm-hmm. is uh, that SSL Fusion. I just, it's like people love it. I just don't see the point. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just like you're just trying to throw everything in a box. And I mean, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, then you don't. I think it's overhyped and that's where I'm at. All right. We got like four minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what else do we got? Uh, that is all the questions we had. Nice. I think I w- has anything. Yeah, go ahead. Go, go ahead. No, you go. You go. You go. Has anything changed with your flow? Uh, grim cables. <laughs> All right. You liking them? <laughs> yeah, I love them. They changed my life. I like like it's it's like a cable. It's yeah, silly, but I highly I love them. Encourage people to to get them. Um, Pro Audio LA, I think, is the only place that sells them in the states. Yeah, they're so clean. Like literally. Like, transparent um which everybody says that about high-end cables but these are super nice these are also like i'll say quote unquote affordable um for what they are um so yeah that's that's really the newest thing Um, it's funny because like i'm like totally tracking this podcast with magami cable so (laughs) yeah i'm gonna switch this guy out to grim my next week i got a spool in the back there you go um so yeah that's that's that I would just encourage people. You know people, what's also nice about Grim? Yeah, go. And it's not even like like don't even bother like with like their high end stuff. Just like the normal XLR. What's nice that they do that I haven't seen anyone else do, and it's so stupid. But I user experience is so darn important to me. Yeah, it's the like they put the little tiny uh, the the red and the black tips on the on, on the ends of these things. And it's like, of course, like it doesn't matter. You can put like the red on the wrong channel, but it's it'll still work. It it's more just and it's like the companies that put like the like the arrows on on the cable. Yeah. And it's like they're not doing that because signal can only flow that way. It's just to help you out through your flow. So you're saying, okay, this signal is going from here to here and you're able to like visually track it. And you're like, okay, cool. I'm at the end of a pair of cables that I have thrown through this darn desk. (laughs) And I don't know which one is right and which one's left. I put a piece of painter's tape on the left one and it fell off as it hit the other cables as it went through my rat's nest of a desk. (laughs) And... But now you know what's what's left and what's right. And they just include it just standard and it's just so darn nice. So and the cable sounds incredible, absolutely. So, um, so is anything changed with me with my flow? 
think so. Did I get the 2500 this year? I think you did. I think I did. That's <laughs> new. <laughs> I've like, been looking at it this whole darn time. Yeah, and I was talking about API. And I got no more time to talk about it. Maybe next year. Next year. <laughs> Hold it for next year. API 2500 plus is absolutely lovely. You think you're going to, listen, you think you're going to use the, the mix blend feature. You're not going to use it. But I got it because it's going to retain its value more than the other one is, just because it's, it's just because it's the newer one, um, and it sounds absolutely incredible. I highly recommend you get one if you want something that's like stupid punchy. So I don't know. You don't want it until like you know you want it, and then you have it. And you're like, man, this doesn't sound like the plugin either. <laughs> so I don't know. I guess I'll have to get into it in another episode next year in the gear episode. Another episode, we'll do it. I completely forgot. I completely forgot I got it. <laughs> I'm buying I'm buying more stuff new. That's the that's the problem. Mm. So it didn't come up on eBay and Reverb. Yeah. Do you want to switch it up? Hmm. Do you want to do the outro? Yeah, I can do the outro. <laughs> you do the outro. Here we go. I think this is episode like hundred and what, five? Well, friends. This, First time. This is episode 105, and I'll be doing the outro. Queuing up from the abyss is another beat from myself, Sam Moses, <laughs> the owner of Beats. Aren't Beats. I great? Yes. <laughs> Our only sponsor is me. Um, if you like what you're hearing, holler at me for beats. Um, let's see. What else do we have? Uh, give us a like or subscribe. To our show on Apple, share this podcast with your friends on Instagram. Uh, if you have any new gear you like or things that you are phasing out, DM Matt and I. Let us know. We love chatting with all of you. We do actually respond always. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's it. Morning, afternoon night whatever you're having have a good one am i cueing the music sam cue the music oh cueing <laughs> see y'all later bye don't worry i'll do i'll do the outro next time yeah don't worry. that felt like uh like <laughs> I, I don't know what that felt like but I'm not doing that again <laughs> i'm not laughing at you i'm laughing with you they're laughing with you michael okay rest of development <laughs> Um, bye. <laughs> See y'all. There's always money in the banana stand. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs>